Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. When we read Parshas Chukas and we look at the mitzvah of Paraduma, there is a, a general assumption that we are dealing with a mitzvah that is beyond our reason. Uh, if not literally a mitzvah without a reason, but certainly a mitzvah that is beyond human comprehension. And there certainly are some midrashim that sound like that. And there certainly are some of the commentators uh, talk in such terms. But I would like to challenge that notion. I would at least like to present an alternative. If we look at the Psukim about Paradoma with Rashi's commentary, so at the beginning of his commentary, he says something which, which may mean that the mitzvah has no reason. We'll come back to that. But let's go to what Rashi says at the end of his commentary about all of the psukim of Paraduma. After he finishes all of these psukim, he says, This is in Rashi's comment on Bemidbar Yud Tes Pasuk Chaf Beis. He says, This, meaning all of the above, quite a number of Rashi comments. This is the explanation of, the, of these psukim, of this mitzvah, according to its simple meaning and its halachis. Um midrash agada, but there is a midrash agada, there is a midrash, darshan. I have copied from the sefer, from the midrash of Rabbi Moshe Darshan. We've mentioned uh, Rabbi Moshe Darshan before. He lived sometime before Rashi. Uh, we do not have the sefer in its, uh, in its complete form. What we do have is many quotations that Rashi makes of the Sefer of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan. Vizehu, and this is the Midrash Agada that Rabbi Moshe Adarshan says. The Yikhu Eilecha, the Pasik Akadosh uh, Baruch, who tells Moshe Rabbeinu that the Bnei Yisrael should take for you a Paradoma. So says Rashi in the name of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan, Mishalahem, the people should take the para from their own, meaning from their communal funds. Just as they removed from themselves their golden rings in order to make the eagle azahov, in order to make the golden calf. So just as they contributed their gold in order to make a eagle, which was a sin. So they should bring this para as a kapara, as a atonement from their own funds. So, so the Rabbi Moshe Darshan is teaching us that the, the whole procedure, the whole mitzvah of, of uh, para aduma is a kapara for the cheta eagle. And para aduma, says Rashi, a, a red cow, marshal of Shifcha, this is a marshal to the son of a uh, maidservant, shetinef palatin shalmelech, the son of the maidservant, uh, soiled the palace of the king, the, the little child of the maidservant made a mess in the king's palace. 
So Amru, so they said, let the mother come and clean up the, the filth. So in the same way, the para, which is a mother cow, a full-grown cow, cow should come and it should atone for the eagle. That's why we use a para to be mechaper on the eagle. Aduma, and it has to be read. Al shame. This is based on the pasuk in Ishaya, im yadimu chatoyba. If your sins will be read like toyba is probably a crimson or something like that. Shachet kori oidem. We see here that sin is called red. Tamima, and it must be complete. It must be unblemished. Al shame Yisrael shohoyu tamibim. This is uh, based on the idea that the Klal Yisrael, when they stood at Har Sinai, so they were tamimim, they were complete and they were unblemished, but because of the, the eagle, because of the cheta eagle, they became balimumin, uh, they, they developed blemishes, they had a spiritual blemish. So, let this paraduma come and let it atone for them, and then they will return to their unblemished state. And the paraduma has to has to be loyola aleho oil. It has to be a cow that has never carried a yoke. Rashi says, Kashem Shaparkomi Alehem Al Shemayim. This is like the the Yisrael who did the Cheta Egel, they removed from themselves the yoke of heaven. So now they must bring a para or a baby para, an eagle that has never carried an an oil. And they bring it to El Elazar HaKohen. They don't bring it to Aaron HaKohen. They bring it to Elazar HaKohen. Well, Elazar HaKohen became the Kohen Gobel after Aaron passed away. So Rashi says, Just as they congregated upon Aaron, they went to Aaron when, when Moshe Rabbeinu didn't come down from the mountain uh, on time, according to their calculation. So they congregated uh, in, in front of Aaron, Shuhu Kohen, they, they congregated upon him, La Soisa Eagle, and they beseeched him to make an eagle. Well, the feast. So, therefore, now when they're coming for the Kapara, they must bring the Para to, to the Koyan. Well, the feast, Aaron Asoisa Eagle, because Aaron himself is the one who made the eagle. That's a very interesting discussion in Parshas Kisisa. Uh, what exactly did he do? But in fact, the eagle came forth from his hands. Therefore, this service of Paraduma was not given to Aaron, because the prosecuting attorney cannot become the defense attorney. Aaron, who in a certain way was responsible for the whole sin, although it was he really didn't want to do it, but still it came forth, came about through him, so he cannot atone for it. And the Sarafis and part of the mitzvah of Paraduma is after they slaughter it, they burn it. Kishem Shinisrafa Eagle, Rashi says this is like how the eagle was burnt after Meshurabeno came down and found it. And they should throw into the fire Eitz Erez Selas. They should throw into the fire a stick of cedar wood and a Ezoiv, some uh, hyssop grass, Ushni Selas, and a certain kind of uh, red-colored uh, fabric. Shleishis meaning these three species, 
are connected they correspond to the 3,000 people who died because of the eagle. The Eruz, Eruz who are Gavoya al the cedar is the tallest of all the trees. The Ezev, Namuch Mikulam, and the Ezev is the smallest of all plants, the lowest of all plants. So Simon, this is a, a sign, Shagavoya Shiniz that a person who was haughty and therefore he sinned, the Chata, and he sinned, Yashpil he should lower himself like the Ezev. And like the Tolas, the Tolas is a certain uh, a worm with which the Tolas Shani is, uh, is manufactured. So he should lower himself, and it should, will be atoned for him. And ultimately they take from the ashes of the Paraduma and they place it in a certain spot, as a, as a holding, as something to be guarded there. Just as the sin of the eagle is held for all generations for punishment. Rashi explains, what does that mean? There is no visitation of sin. There is no punishment that is brought upon Kalei Yisrael that does not also include in it a little bit of payback for the eagle. Shenemer, as it says in the Pasuk, On the day that I visit your sins upon you, I will visit upon you this sin of the eagle. So the sin of the eagle is shamur, it is guarded and kept for, for the long term. And therefore, the, the ashes of the para are kept long term. Just as the eagle, hazahob, it, it uh, polluted, it, it made impure all those who were involved with it. So kach titameh kol So too the paraduma will cause tuma to all those who are busy with it, the one who burns it, and so on. All, all of them become tummy. And just as the Kalal Yisrael was purified when Moshe Rabbeinu sprinkled upon them from the ashes of the Egel Hazahov, as it says, he spread the ashes into the water, and then he sprinkled the water on the people. So, similarly, so here also it says that they will take from the ashes of the burning of the para for the Tameh, for the person who is a Tameh, and they will put the ashes on water, and then we sprinkle that water ash mixture onto a person who is Tameh, and he becomes Tohor. So there are many questions, many particular questions that could be asked on this long Rashi, and many particular points that, that need clarification. But in general, what is Rashi saying? In the name of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, he is saying that the Mitzvah Paraduma can, can be understood. It is not inscrutable. It is not beyond human comprehension. It can be understood. Now this raises two questions. Number one, I've said many times that Rashi, in his commentary on the Torah, does not generally give reasons for the mitzvahs. That's not part of his, of his self-appointed task. His self-appointed task was to explain Chutei Shal Mikra, as he says many times. 
And if the Pasuk does not say what the reason of a mitzvah is, the reason for a mitzvah is, then Rashi felt that he didn't have to say it either. His job is to tell us what the Pasuk is saying. As my uh, Rosh Hashiva, he should be well used to sometimes say with a lot of, uh, with a lot of emotion, he should say, what Rashi says is what the Pasuk says. Rashi is telling us, of course, in his opinion, in his very great opinion, but he's telling us what the Pasuk is saying. If there's something that the Pasuk is not saying, then Rashi's not going to say it either. He's not, he's not here to add things on. So why, when it comes to the mitzvah of Paraduma, does Rashi spend so much time explaining to us all the details very thorough explanation of what are the, what's the reason for the mitzvah in general and what are the reasons for all of the, the little details. That's question number one. Question number two is we do, we, we do have to go back to the first Rashi in the Parsha and the first Pasuk in the Parsha where it says, Zos hukasa Torah, this is the law of the Torah, Asher Tziv Hashem Lemor, that Hashem commanded to say, and what did he say? The Yikwelecha Faraduma Tmima, etc., etc. He said to take a paraduma and to do this whole procedure. And Rashi comments on the words Hukasatoiro, the Fisha Satan Vumasailam, Mainin Es Yisrael Lemar, because the Satan and the nations of the world, they I would translate Mainin as they verbally harass Yisrael, saying as follows. This is the verbal harassment that they subject us to. Maha mitzvah zois, what is this mitzvah? And in many, many editions of Rashi, there are just a few more words here. Maha mitzvah zois, umatam yeshba, and what reason is there in it? That's what the nations and the Sutton say to us, and they harass us with this point. Lafikach, therefore, kasav bochuka. So Rashi says, therefore, the Torah says, chuka. What does the word chuka mean? It is a decree from before me. Hashem says, this is my decree, that this is what you have to do. You have to bring the paraduma. You do not have permission to contemplate it. So it seems like Rashi is uh, from among those mefarshim who say that the paraduma is, it's an inscrutable mitzvah. It's beyond our comprehension. That, and that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu wrote into the Torah, Zos Chukasa Torah. This is the decree of the Torah. So we have what, what seems to be a contradiction between the first Rashi and the Parsha and the Rashi that we went through before. What Rashi writes after Pasuk Yutes. The first Rashi in the Parsha seems to say that Horadoma is inscrutable beyond our comprehension. And yet later on, he, he quotes a whole long Midrash Agada from Rabbi Moshe Darshan that explains the mitzvah of Paraduma in, in understandable terms. Yes, there are questions one could ask and there are points that need to be clarified, but if you look at this Rashi on, on Pasuk Yutes, you don't come to the conclusion that this mitzvah is something beyond our reasoning, beyond our comprehension. So, What's going on? I mean, did Rashi change his mind? It, it seems like a very radical change of mind. We know that Rashi sometimes will say two perushim on the same pasuk. He'll say one explanation and then he'll say davar he says another. But 
that seems like a little much over here, just to just to throw up our hands and say, well, Rashi explained it in two different ways. So diametrically opposed, the first one to the second one and the second one to the first one, it doesn't seem that this is merely um, two approaches, take whichever one you like. So what is going on? And I think the answer really lies in examining more closely the Rashi on Pasuk base at the beginning of the Parsha and translating it very precisely. Let's read one more time. The Satan and the nations of the world, they verbally harass the, 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 the Yisrael, saying, What is this mitzvah and what reason does it have? Therefore, the Torah wrote Chukah. Hashem wrote in his Torah Chukah. It is a gzera in front of me. It is a decree that has gone forth from before me. What does it mean? What does it mean? Now, some some English translations. Let's see what this English translation says. Well, actually, I like this one better. But there are some. English translations that have it as you have no right to question it or you have no right to uh, contemplate it. But I think a more, but I think we can see a more precise translation from some of the translators. Uh, there was a translation of Rashi's commentary on the Chumash that was published in the 1930s uh, by uh, two gentlemen, uh, Rosenbaum and Zilberman. In their, uh, in their uh, uh, translation, is like this one that is offered over here, you have no right to criticize it. means you have no right to criticize this mitzvah. Uh, there's another translation of Rashi's commentary on the Chumash uh, by a more recent uh, translator, Rabbi A.J. Rosenberg, and he has, he renders it, you have no right to challenge it. You have no right to challenge this mitzvah. And I think both of them are influenced by a Gemara or a, or a, or a Rashi on the Gemara in Meseches Yuma. The Gemara in Meseches Yuma is talking about several other mitzvahs that are referred to in the Torah as Chok. The Gemara here quotes the Pasuk, is chukai tishmoiru, you should uh, observe my chukais, my, my, my decrees. So the Gemara says, dvorim satan these are things, these are mitzvahs that the satan asks about, he questions. The Elohen, and these are they, achilas chazer, the satan comes and he says, why can't you eat chazer, what's wrong? It's good food. Well, the vicious shatnes, and why are we not allowed to wear shatnes? A, a, a mixture of wool and linen thread. The chalitza is Yavama, and what is the meaning behind the chalitza that a Yavama does? For those who don't know what it is, for another time. But that's also a very difficult mitzvah to understand. The taras mitzvah, and there's a procedure for purifying a mitzvah. Also, it seems very, uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't easily seem to make sense. 
and the goat that is sent out on Yom Kippur. What, what does that help? How does that take away our sins to send a goat into the wilderness? So this is what these are some of the questions that the Sutton raises. So perhaps you'll say that in fact, these mitzvahs are a maset tohu, they are empty, they are devoid of, of reason and devoid of content. Talmud Leimar, about this the Pasuk says, Ani Hashem, no, I am Hashem. Ani Hashem chakaktiv, I am Hashem, I have decreed these mitzvahs. Ve'en lecha reshus lahar her You do not have reshus lehar her. Let's take a look what Rashi says about that. Hasatan. Um, Yetzer hara. Rashi says the Satan means the Yetzer hara. He's not some uh, character with uh, with uh, red horns or something. It means the Yetzer hara, which is within each and every one of us. Mesha Valayan. So this Yetzer hara asks questions about these mitzvahs. Mesha Valayan Shuva. Lahatos es Yisrael. And why does the Yetzer hara do this? Lahatos es Yisrael. To cause us to make a mistake. To cause us to err. And to say, the Yetzirah is trying to get us to say that the Torah is not true. You know, how could the Torah be true if it tells, us, tells you to do such strain, strange things which are without reason? What benefit is there in all of these um, laws, such as the ones that are mentioned here in the Gemara? Therefore, it is written about such mitzvahs, the word chok, which means a like a decree that is engraved in stone. Ani Hashem gezarti aleichem. I am Hashem. I have decreed this upon you. Now we see here from this Rashi, in my humble opinion, that lahar herbahen doesn't mean to contemplate the mitzvah. That's the the Yisra doesn't ask us to contemplate the mitzvahs. These difficult to understand mitzvahs. The Yisra comes he comes to, to cause us to err and to say that the Torah is not true. The Yetzirah, in other words, comes to criticize the Torah, comes to challenge the Torah to the point that we will abandon it, chas v'shalom. That's what I think Rashi means here. We find also a Pasuk in Parshas Ekev. In Parshas Ekev it says, whoops, pardon me. In Parshas Ekev it says, You should remember the whole path that Hashem has guided you upon. These 40 years in the Midbar. And Hashem did it in order to cause you a certain amount of suffering. To test you. In order to know. To know what is in your heart. Will you keep Hashem's mitzvahs or not? And says Rashi. Hashem wants to find out. Hashem wants to know that you will not challenge him. You will not test him. And you will not be maharher achrov. 
So you see here that Rashi puts together these two actions. There's an action called Linasos Es Hashem. There's an action called Leharher Achrei Hashem. If Leharher Achrei merely means to contemplate, you'll have to contemplate a Kodesh Baruch you, you should think about Kodesh Baruch You should be thinking about a Kodesh Baruch at all times. Leharher, I think we see here, means to challenge, to criticize, to, to try to to try to refute. That's what it means, laharher achrov. And that's what I think Rashi means in the in the first comment that he makes in Parshas Chukas. He's saying that the Umas Oilam come with, with questions. They question what is the sense of the mitzvah paradoma. They have trouble understanding it. But what does the Kodesh Baruch Hu say? Look, this is the mitzvah. achreha. You, the Satan in the Umas Oilam, you have no right to challenge this mitzvah. You have no right to criticize this mitzvah. Now, if that's what the Torah tells us not to do, we should not challenge or should not criticize this mitzvah. We should not, we or the Satan and the Umas Oilam, should not try to refute the mitzvah. But that would indicate, I, I believe, in my humble opinion, that indicates that to contemplate the mitzvah, to think about what the reason is in order to better observe it, in order to appreciate whatever lessons can be learned from it, that is not only permitted, but it is encouraged. What is forbidden is to challenge and to criticize, but to contemplate in order to know it better, in order to appreciate it, in order to elevate our Yira Shemayim and our Avas not only permitted, but encouraged. And that could be why, in fact, Rashi came along at the end of Parshas Chukas, and he gave a whole long explanation of all the reasons for this mitzvah based on the, the writings of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan. And he made it all very clear and very beautiful. Why? Not because Rashi, when he comes to every mitzvah, likes to give long drushes about the meaning. There's a place for that, but not in Rashi's commentary on the Torah. That is not the place for it. Because in the first Pasuk, because the first Pasuk said, Chukasatura, which means you do not have the right to criticize and challenge this mitzvah, but rather to 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 contemplate it and to, and to consider it and to appreciate it, you may and you should and you must. That's why Rashi said, "Okay, I must, I must, I must explain this mitzvah in such a way that it can be understood." And he found that in the words of Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan. And I think this uh, this answers the contradiction between the two Rashis. It's not that the second Rashi is contradicting the first. The second Rashi is only coming because of the first. And this does not constitute a, an exception to Rashi's rule that he does not normally explain the reasons for the mitzvahs. No, it's not that. It is, it is an example of Rashi. Uh, what Rashi is doing is he is taking the, the full intent that is implicit in his first statement and in his understanding of the first Pasuk, and he is carrying it 
to the carrying it to its logical conclusion by telling us that really the mitzvah of paraduma can be understood by by us mere mortals.